You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of What Comes Next, Cinema Geekly's companion NXT podcast. It's uh, Anthony and Jacqueline back talking more NXT on the WWE Network and Hulu. Boy, oh boy. Uh, we are really close, Jacqueline, to NXT TakeOver War Games. I know. So close. Uh, we got a going to have like a double header next week of shows. We're going to talk about the go-home show for NXT next week, and we're going to talk about TakeOver War Games. That uh, that go-home show review is going to be tough to get through, knowing that we'll have War Games to talk about, and that's really what we're going to want to talk about the mm-hmm. most. Maybe we'll have to do an intermittent episode. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll try to zoom through that, uh, that, yeah, yeah. that go-home. Uh, so I watched, uh, again two episodes of NXT UK and I am pretty sure uh, that Mm -hmm. these two episodes were the final two of the tapings that they did in Cambridge and the next episodes will be from their next set of tapings which they did uh, I I don't remember where but elsewhere not in the same building they they leave that really they do they go they have uh, film stuff all over England that uh I don't know how I feel about that. It's such a great venue. It is, but I've seen I want to say maybe four or five uh things from the like from NXT in the UK. And mm-hmm. with the exception of one when they went I think when they filmed at the not the Wembley football arena, not the stadium, but the smaller Wembley arena. Okay. Uh that looked more like a standard arena, but the other NXT in the UK things that I've watched uh, from a couple of other different venues, they all look kind of majestic and cool like this. Okay, fine. Okay. So I'll take it then. Hopefully the next place will look cool as well. Uh, even though they're moving on to a next the next set of tapings, I still think they're doing two episodes at a time for a little bit. And I discovered why when pulling the results for these two episodes... Uh, it notes here that episode five was filmed July 29th. Oh, wow. So this was at the tail end of the tapings, uh, these two episodes, but these episodes were all filmed on or around July 28th and July 29th. So, uh, they're a little behind in the release schedule. So yeah, they're, it feels like they're racing to, uh, to catch up, I guess a little bit. Maybe they weren't figuring it would pick up so much traction. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's that, and I feel like there's some stuff that they want to start doing 
Yeah, that you can't do. Uh, stuff with their NXT women's, uh, UK women's champion, uh, but they can't yeah, do any of that until she wins her tournament. And yeah. uh, I do believe that uh, one of the two shows that's going to air is the start of the tournament. So okay, they're on. They're they are on their way. Uh, so you said you saw. It sounds like you saw the main event or parts of the second show. Yes. So, show five was uh, headlined with Pete Dunne defending against Danny Birch. It's his second uh, United Kingdom title defense on NXT UK, and uh, it was a really good match. It turns out Pete Dunne can have a good match with pretty much everybody, it seems. I, I could see that. Uh, it was, uh, and if you're familiar with Danny Birch from his teaming with Oni Lorcan, this would not surprise you to know that this was basically just two guys slugging it out for around 16 minutes. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. they came close to making me think that maybe Danny Birch might possibly win in some universe, but for the most part... It seemed like a lock that Pete Dunne was going to to win this, and he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did some more stuff with the uh, with with Team Scotland, the Scot the Scotland guys. I don't know; they don't yes. have a name. I don't think. Uh, nope, I don't think so. Uh, they uh, and the other, the only other thing that really stands out is this guy that I talked about way back in either episode one or two. Uh, he had another squash match where he just crushed a a small man but this bomber dave mastiff guy who i i believe mentioned reminds me a lot of otis dozovich oh yeah yeah like they could team together and they would look like just two bowling balls or uh they very much the same uh kind of build uh just imagine otis's hair shorter but his beard longer and that's essentially uh dave mastiff this match only went like a minute and 27 seconds. It's the match itself is unimportant. What's important is what I noticed about his entrance. Okay. And when he, and in his entrance, when he walks, the camera shakes <laughs> as if, as if he is Godzilla. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh man. I don't know why nobody has thought to do this before. <laughs> But it's genius, and whoever is whoever is handling their camera, um, the the free roam camera is a genius because it is timed perfectly. It has just the right amount of shake. Like first, I'm like, "What's going on with the camera?" And then I'm like, "Oh my god, wait a minute!" Every time he steps, it shakes the ground and, until he enters the ring, of course, and then uh, apparently he he ceases to shake the earth. But yes, yes, that's awesome. Wow, that's pretty cool. It is. Uh, so the, the second show, uh, had, for me, the highlight was actually, there was a really good match with Tony Storm and Dakota Kai was the opener. Mm-hmm. And these two ladies know each other really well, uh, worked together for a long time before getting to this stage in their, uh, career. And they had a really good match. Dakota Kai would actually have a match on regular NXT this week. And it was not quite mm-hmm. as good as this match with Tony Storm, <laughs> but yeah, I was gonna say, I find her very boring. Yeah, she she was good here. She looked better than uh, than she's ever looked on regular NXT. I, I wonder Ooh. if uh, I wonder if it's like a hesitation thing, 
or what? Because one of the things that Dakota likes to do is kick people. She's the captain of Team Kick. Yes. Uh, which is a non-existent team. Uh, just just her. She likes to kick mm-hmm. people, and she's dubbed herself the captain of the team. She's a one-man team, or one-woman team. Uh, she does kick people in NXT, but doesn't look like they're particularly strong kicks. And in here with Tony, somebody that she's uh, wrestled a bunch of times, she pummeled her a lot with kicks in this match. So it it, it looked like more of a familiarity thing, like... Gotcha. I was going to say, it could be a trust thing. Yeah, that as well. Maybe and maybe she's just worried, of, like, you know, when you're in NXT proper, you're working with a lot of less uh, experienced girls, and you're mm-hmm. worried about, you know, hitting them too hard. So it's possible. And maybe they have a whole don't hit people too hard thing. I, I, I'm not <laughs> positive, but she hit Tony really hard in this match, and Tony Storm beat her. It was a really good match. Oh, interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was a, there really wasn't a whole lot else on the show, minus the main event, which was uh, the Coffee Brothers and Wolfgang defeating Mark Andrews, Flash Morgan Webster. And Ashton Smith. They went like 15 mm-hmm. minutes. It was long. It was long, and it wasn't particularly compelling. It was solid. Uh, and this was really to just establish the dominance of the bad guy team. Right. Uh, more or less. Did any... Hey, uh, did any of those people make a make a mark on you? Did any of them stand out to you when when watching it? No. <laughs> Not really. Uh, no. Oh, wait. One of the coffee, though. The taller one? Okay, that might be Mark? I don't, I don't know. know. Did he have short hair or long hair? Yes. Short hair. Okay, that would be Mark Coffee. Yeah. I don't know why. He kind of did. Yeah? Yeah, I think really because I was just trying to figure out if they were actually brothers. <laughs> they kind of... It's one of those things where they kind of do, but kind of don't look like brothers yeah like they could be but i don't know (laughs) yes uh for me for me flash morgan webster always stands out because he looks like uh somebody out of an austin powers movie uh i mean that's like his whole thing is the uh he's his nickname is the mod father so he's he comes oh yes i loved him yeah so he (laughs) yeah he comes from that whole uh um like the British invasion, like the, all of his yep. uh, character traits and stuff uh, come from that. It. He wears a helmet for some reason to the ring. He's uh, mod. He's very mod. Uh, yep. So, yeah, I, I would say all in all, both of those shows were fine. But I haven't seen anything blow away on... Ringing uh, endorsement. Yeah, there's... I mean, I... Eh, if people are like, hey, I don't have time for NXT UK, I can't really say that there's anything that's been on these shows so far that I'm like, you know what, you need to make time. Right. Um, these are like, if you've got the time and you like wrestling, these are solid shows, but I have not seen anything yet that has blown my mind. There you go. Uh, we shall see. Oh, I guess I would be remiss. I forgot to note that uh, after Tony Storm won her match, she was jumped by Ginny. Uh, have you seen the, the promos, uh, the hype videos for Ginny? No, I haven't. I'm just laughing at that, that that's of all the wrestling names. 
Yeah. Well, uh, if you see her, she's a Ginny. Uh, she's very, she's very slender and her whole character is basically, she's like, uh, like a fashionista. She's like, uh, my God, she's Lacey Evans. Oh no, 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 no. She's kind of like the opposite of Lacey Evans. She just looks like, um, uh, she constantly just looks like she's, she's got like a model face on the whole time. Like she's, I see it. she's constantly intense and staring and posing. She uh, is smizing so hard in all of her pictures. <laughs> uh, yeah, and she's also uh, surprisingly vicious for her for her size, uh, but she's not too bad. Uh, she was in the Mae Young Classic, and and looked pretty good there. Hmm, pretty uh, cool. Let me see here. Uh, regular NXT, Jacqueline. Yeah. Time to jump into the fun. Episode four hundred and seventy-eight or something. I think so many episodes there's a lot of these ep- we haven't we've only covered like the last i don't know like 10 or so i think so yep. uh show opened with heavy machinery taking on the forgotten sons love heavy machinery yeah otis dozovich is the best he is tucker knight is good too i really enjoyed him in this match yeah so I mean, I, I agree. I like Tucker Knight as well. I feel like Tucker Knight wouldn't be... sounds going to sound so mean, but I don't think he'd be anything without Otis. Like, if they split. Like, if they split yeah. and weren't a team anymore. I feel like Otis would continue to soar, and Tucker would just kind of stand there. Mm, I get I see that. I see that. He's... I mean, he definitely pairs really well with Otis, but Otis has 135% of the charisma on this team. Well, and yeah. That comes in handy. Well, you can't have two guys with all that charisma. That'd be too much and annoying. No, it'd be an overlay. Yeah. It's, it's very much like the Street Profits. Angela yeah, Dawkins. Yeah, you need the balance. Angela Dawkins has charisma, but it's very tempered when compared to Montez Ford's charisma level, which is exactly. breaking the scale. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I've given these guys a lot of uh, a lot of viewings. The Forgotten Sons, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know why uh, they're the Forgotten Sons. They're they're very forgettable. Uh, I am. I was nonplussed by their performance here again. I I haven't really been blown away by anything. They. I mean, nothing they're doing is bad per se. Uh, it's just not. It doesn't yeah. stand out. Yeah, this isn't like the late '80s, early '90s, where you've got a, a bunch of giant men clinking into each other. They're not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but in 2018, the the bar for what is considered good is much higher. And yes. these guys are hovering at acceptable or passable or, you know, mm-hmm. fine. Uh, they're just not exciting. Nothing about what they no. do in the ring is exciting. They're kind of... Vo- if it was not for Otis Dozovich in this match... Basically, willing uh, fun into it. Yes, this would have been less enjoyable. Yeah, the the Ferrantes are pretty flat. There's one of them I do like. I think it's Wesley Blake, who's the one that who has the face mask thing. The face mask belongs to Steve Cutler. Then it's Wesley Blake I like, and I feel like he could do good things, but he's just not partnered with the right people. Mm-hmm. That's my take on it. It's not a bad take. 
Yeah. Also, I was, I'm a little, oh, I don't know how to feel about this, but I was watching the math beginning and Heavy Machinery comes out and then the Forgotten Sons music came on and mm-hmm. I knew who it was before they came out. And I was just like, oh no, why do I know this? <laughs> do unto others. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, and it starts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, the real highlight of this match came early on because Tucker, I think, starts the match. Yes. And Otis is in the corner and you can easily hear him and he is living and dying by everything his partner's doing. Whenever Tucker gets hit, you hear Otis like shout in pain. And then he'll <laughs> then he'll, you know, urge him on like come on Tucky or something like that. They're like twins who could feel each other's pain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's so much fun. And then he was awesome when he got in here. Uh he was. They did I mean I will give the Forgotten Sons this. They have been they have been so far portrayed quite strongly. They've won all their matches relatively easily. And yes. I wasn't sure which way this was actually going to go. So they did a lot of near falls Agreed. and some double teams mm-hmm. where I thought, oh, well, that's it. Forgotten Sons are going to win. They're going to keep giving these guys momentum, much to my dismay. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't. These were a lot of false finishes. And uh, the finish saw... Wesley Blake running at Otis, who popped him up into the air and caught him in a big slam and pinned him. Yes. So heavy machinery with the the big win here. Yeah, and yeah. I was I was worried as well when I saw the Forgotten Sons come out. I was like, oh man, why are they why are they going to do that to Heavy Machinery? But uh, I was really them. happy. But they yeah, didn't. they they didn't. So smart smart moves, smart moves NXT, smart moves. Uh. Outside of the building, we catch up with Candice LeRae, who says she has been feeling exploited, having to answer these questions about her husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because again, it's not her that did any of this stuff. It was her husband. Right. Instead of answering yeah. questions, LeRae demanded uh, a match with Nikki. Actually, I don't think she demanded a match. I think she said that she's been given a match with Nikki Cross because she wanted answers from Nikki about why she didn't say anything to anybody for so long. And then why, when Candace wanted answers, Nikki just laughed in her face. And she said she went to Mr. Regal and asked for a match with Nikki Cross because this way Nikki would not be able to just walk away from her this time. And she would get answers out of her or something along those lines. I have problems with the logic behind a lot of Okay. <laughs> By all means. Okay. So first of all, what answers are you looking for? All Nikki knows is that your husband did it. Yeah. I think she so wants to know if, why she didn't say something sooner or why she didn't come to Candace and say like, you know, that's how your husband. Interesting. Well, but also if you want to talk to someone and have that conversation, is a wrestling match the place to do it? No, it is like, not. Really? So yeah. But okay. the wrestlers is kind of all they know how to do. So yeah. <laughs> They they talk with their fists. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> incapable of having normal conversations. I believe that when it comes to Nikki Cross. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Kathy Kelly was interviewing Shayna Baszler, uh, and she's hanging out with Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir. And yeah. uh, William Regal showed up, and Shayna was mad that he'd showed up, and he informed Shayna that she's going to be. Uh, defending her title against Kyrie at War Games uh, in a two out of three falls match, which is an interesting stipulation because uh-huh. 
I mean, I'm not going to be upset about they have good matches. So them getting a two out of three falls is going to be a good match. But the whole reason Kyrie lost her last match is because Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir interfered. He didn't right. like ban them from ringside. He didn't set up some sort of stipulation. Jacqueline's favorite stipulation of putting them in a shark cage and hanging them above the ring. <laughs> Do love that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I'm excited though, I'm, and I think it's very close to their last match to have another title match. So I'm a little nervous, mm-hmm. but I mean, it is what it is. Um, yeah. But two of my favorite things out of this segment. First was when uh, William Regal first came in, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir both stood up like to protect <laughs> Shayna. Yes. She like waved them off and was like, it's okay, it's okay. It's all right, I guys, like, I got this. Yeah, That's awesome. And then at the end, after William Regal left, she just looks at Kathy Kelly and goes, what are you still doing here? here. And I'm like, <laughs> yep, that's... <laughs> We're all wondering that, Shayna. Like, she was awesome. <laughs> I thought this was just very well done. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, she's she's great. Yeah, she's gotten so much better mm-hmm. with uh, the with like the 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 uh, microphone stuff. So that's awesome. So uh, Dakota Kai, after her loss to Tony Storm, hopped on a plane and flew to Orlando, uh, where As she do. where she wrestled Tainara Conti uh, and picked up the win here. So I'm guessing all of that jet lag helped in this situation. Yep. Uh, it was not a particularly long match. They threw some kicks at each other. Uh, Conti worked over Dakota's arm. Dakota made her comeback and hit the chiropractor, which is this like a uh, flipping backbreaker move. That's ridiculous. It looked like it killed Tayanara and uh, Dakota won. Uh, so she, she picked up a victory. Tayanara, mm-hmm. a, a black belt in judo. They what? mentioned that quite a bit throughout the the match. I feel like the announcers did. Yeah. She didn't judo yeah. her a lot, though. No, it was kind of boring. Yeah. I was uh, not a fan of this match. Kathy Kelly, after being dissed by Shayna Baszler, is backstage with Mia Yim uh, interviewing her when Bianca Belair interrupts. And Bianca, because uh, I think Mia is talking about you know looking at becoming NXT Women's Champion uh, which, of course, is the bat signal for Bianca Belair because, of course, she has not received a title match yet and she is undefeated. Uh, undefeated. Correct. That's how it goes. Uh, yeah. But she added a new wrinkle to her annoyance with this as she had what I can only presume was about 23 pieces of gum in her mouth. At least. And yes. she smacked the gum after every word. Uh, Unsmacked. D smack, feet smack, Ted smack. <laughs> yeah, that was the most annoying thing. And I like Bianca Belair, I do. But like, what? No, She's trying stop to get this. trying to get under your skin. Uh, mm. uh, Mia says that she might be undefeated, but Belair has yet to meet the HBIC, uh, which I believe stands for Head Batty in Charge. Which is bullshit, anyway. <laughs> Bel Air seem unimpressed by her nickname. That's fair. But they could have um, a good match. They could have a really good match. I just wish... I don't like what they're doing with Bianca's character. Mm-hmm. She's too annoying and whiny. The, yeah. And I think my thing is, is that it doesn't match who she is in the ring. 
No, she is not annoying and whiny in the like annoying and whiny characters tend to be very cowardly in the ring. Yeah. And she's not. She's cocky. And maybe this is maybe this was supposed to make her seem cocky and arrogant, but instead it made her seem annoying. Right. right. I don't I don't like and, her as annoying. I don't like her as annoying either. I would, and I don't even just want her to be like uh cocky or whatever she's just a strong person Mm -hmm. like just be a strong person you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like uh anyway uh we caught up uh backstage with matt riddle and keith lee who were just fanboying out over the fact that they were just a couple months ago on the independence together and here they are in nxt and they come across cassius ono who was a dick to them yes he was not nice and he says that you guys are Regal's new toys, but the best thing about new toys is breaking them, which, man, he must not have had a lot of friends growing up if that was his mindset. <laughs> also, it, does it weird you out as well that he keeps referring to people as shiny new toys? A little bit. It kind of creeps me out. I but don't like really, it. But he's really, he's really mad uh, because he feels like he should have been represented or treated better in all of these new these new guys are coming in and it seems like the Takashis, their flashes in the pan where he's right. like been this mainstay who should be given more focus and attention. So it is weird that he calls them that, but it also makes a little bit of sense at least. And like, I get it. It's just that I feel like he just, it's, it's getting almost overused to the point where it's creepy to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we need to find a new phrase here. Yeah. Do something else. Okay. So, yeah. Johnny Gargano yeah. broke his silence via cell phone video. The only way to do it. <laughs> yes. Uh, unequivocal. Look, you, there's no debate. There's no debate here. Johnny Gargano is a heel full stop. He's not mm-hmm. a mini face. You could tell nope. by paying attention to what he said in this. Uh, so in this video, Johnny is talking to Alistair Black, telling him that he's walking a path, too, and he wonders if this path looks familiar to Alistair, because it's the path that leads to where Johnny attacked him. And he's retracing his steps, explaining his actions. Gargano claimed that he was just trying to right a wrong by being the person to defeat Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. Nobody else, just him. Uh, Gargano went on to say that the attack on Alistair Black was just like collateral damage and that he gets that Alistair wants to kick his face off, uh, you know, but he's okay with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says that he's still the same guy fighting for what's right. He says that sometimes in NXT you have to fight dirty and that he's not afraid of Alistair Black. He says that, uh, in fact, he's even starting to get comfortable living in the dark and he's embracing the darkness. Yes. So he is the bad guy who thinks he's a good guy. Yes. He doesn't realize he's bad. Uh, I'm on board with this. This is only produced. Oh, me too. Uh, I thought this was excellent. The only thing I'm, Mm. the only thing I'm not on board with is my least favorite thing ever. And that is people who can only presume are contrarians for the sake of being contrarians. Because mm-hmm. Johnny Gargano is doing this thing where he's like, I would just like to point out that I did nothing wrong. And people are like, yeah, you totally didn't do anything wrong. Oh. And I'm like, but 
like you're just saying that, right? To just you know be trolly or something. Like you couldn't actually watch the story and be like, you know, he because the story is that he cost Aleister Black the title, right? His hatred for Champa got in the way, and ended up costing Black his title. So Black is really mad about this, and he the next week he kicks Gargano in the face. Um, you could argue that he was in the right to be really upset about this. Uh, and then they announced the three-way match and Gargano in the story only wants, to, it only wants to be, he's wants to be the one to beat Ciampa, nobody else. So he doesn't want Aleister Black in this match. So he takes him out and then injures him from behind. So, right. Like, cause Aleister Black had no idea who attacked him. So he, inadvertently cost this man his title, but then on purpose attacked him from behind and injured him. But he's a mm-hmm. good guy still? He is the Tanya Harding of wrestling. Yeah, he's not a... I mean, he's not a good guy. It, it seems no. so... It seems so weird to be upset that there are people who are like, no, I refuse to accept this reality and I'm substituting my own. Uh, but it just bothers me. It's like, just have fun with it. It's okay to boo Johnny Gargano now. Have fun doing that for a little bit. <laughs> Eventually, he'll become a good guy again, and you can go back to cheering him. Like, it's okay to it say... It is you... how these things work. Yeah. yeah. It's okay to say, you know, to just go with it. Be like, yep, he's a he's a, he's a dick now. Maybe he, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe he... And there are actually just as many people that reply to his social media things that are having fun with it. That's awesome. Uh, there are definitely people who are like, I've been a Johnny Gargano supporter since I saw you in Cleveland in 2003. And it's like, I'm never cheering for you again. Uh, so there are people having fun with it. Uh, That's awesome. I, so yeah, uh, he's, I love this, but he's very clearly, uh, you know, he's very clearly a bad guy who just thinks that he's good, which also leaves a hole for redemption at some point. He might eventually come to realize that he is in fact bad, and that's right. when he comes back around. But so. For now. I don't know. It's, it'll be exciting to see what they do with this storyline and him falling into deeper and deeper into this hole. Mm-hmm. My... And Candace apparently is going with him because that's the only explanation I have for her wearing all the black. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my feeling, at least this is what I would do. Actually, you know what? Let's not... Uh, because the next show we're going to be talking about... Uh, well, I mean, one of the two shows we're going to be talking about next week is War Games. So I'll mm-hmm. wait until after we're done, and then we can kind of... There's only four matches, so we can kind of do our War Games predictions to see... Uh, oh, like what, what we think is going to happen what after? We, yeah, who we think is going to win or what we think is going to happen. Okay. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, main event, this couldn't have made you happy. Lars Sullivan, Velveteen Dream. So... Well, I do love Velveteen Dream, so... Yes. Uh, they were having a match where Lars Sullivan was kind of just destroying Velveteen Dream here. Uh, mm-hmm. And Dream would make his comebacks every now and again. He would have his moments of hope, but they would be dashed. Eventually, a hole opened, and uh, Dream slipped through and started getting the upper hand on Lars Sullivan and was about to defeat him with his purple Rainmaker elbow when Tommaso Ciampa came down to ringside with the belt, and Dream instead jumped down on top of Ciampa worrying mm-hmm. that maybe Ciampa would try to cost him this match. But, of of course, Dream distracted himself, ultimately, upon getting back into the ring. Lars hits him with a freak accident, 
and pinned Velveteen Dream. So, we technically still have one more week of regular NXT to go. The question now remains, does Lars Sullivan get added to the matches at a three-way? Oh, I hope not. If it stays a singles match, they didn't do a very good job of hyping up Velveteen Dream as the challenger here. Because in this match, he was destroyed for like 90% of it. Yeah. So he doesn't, he didn't come off feeling like a super credible threat to Ciampa. And neither did Otis Dosevich, though, when he first went up against him. And that's true. They didn't kind of have you buying things near the end. Well, I mean, I, I never really thought that he was going to win, but he got he... the crowd into it. Exactly. There was, it was, was a good match. I was too jaded. Uh, to, I'd be like, there's no, it doesn't matter how close they're making it look. Otis is not going to beat Champa here. Uh, I've been fooled before, but I didn't think there, <laughs> I didn't think there was a chance on that one, but, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like they kind of can't help, but make a three-way match. Can they? I mean, he, I mean, Lars has been pretty dominant this whole time since, uh, uh, since returning to action and he just beat the guy who's the number one contender. So I wouldn't be surprised if they added him. It dragged the match down a little bit for me, but it, it, I just think like the three-way matches, they go on too long without purpose. Hmm. I don't know. I just, they, like, I don't know. if it's not a tag, Team match, it really should only be like two guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I've seen some really excellent three and four, and like even more than four guys. It depends. Uh, like that ladder match at the TakeOver in New yeah. Orleans. Uh, if you get the mixture right, they can be really good. I just don't know if this is a good mixture. You've That's got, what I'm thinking. You've yeah. got Ciampa, who's hated. You've got Lars, who's hated. And you've got Velveteen Dream, who is mostly loved, but he, for the most part, plays a bad guy too. He's just kind yeah. of like a bad guy who people like. Yes. Uh, Cause he's fun. Yeah. Um, so boy, that would be, that'd be a tough balance to, to yeah, do. You, you need like a lightness in it. Mm-hmm. Almost. I don't know. It just, it doesn't, I think it's just the matchup itself. that it just doesn't seem good. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a fan either. Uh, so what would you give this week's episode? Um, Oh gosh. So there were some some low low matches for me. Um I'm going to go with a 3. Okay. I gave this one a yeah. 3. Uh yeah. It was there. It was it was yeah. fine. Uh okay. So before we talk about the uh the matches that are going to be happening at Takeover, I should probably think Good folks at Adam Tickets for sponsoring this show. Cinemageekly.com slash Adam Tickets or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page to pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. The holiday seasons are fast approaching, so what better time to give a gift card than in a gift-giving season? Especially if uh, you're Jacqueline or I. I think either of us would glad and like gleefully accept uh, like the ability to go see movies for free. Yeah. Heck yeah. Anytime. There's there's plenty of movies that I haven't had a chance to see yet that I'd like to go see. So, uh, so many movies out right now. Yeah, gift card them. My send those gift cards my way. In fact, uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, yes. Takeover War Games is this coming Saturday. As we record this, there are uh, 
four matches and uh, don't believe that they're going to be any more added uh, right. in order to, uh, they're going to try to preserve, uh, I guess, uh, the integrity or length of the, uh, the card. Actually, I'm trying to figure out what the, f- uh, I know the three matches. Oh yeah. The fourth match is obviously Alistair Black and Johnny Gargano. Oh, that's right, that's right. I was going to ask, because I was like, what's the fourth? I got the other three. <laughs> okay, so... Glad we were both there. Okay, so let's start with Alistair Black and, and Johnny mm-hmm. Gargano. How do you how do you see this, this playing out? Or how do you wish it to play out? So I think... I feel like Alistair Black has to win it, mm-hmm. right? Like, he's going to get it at the end. But I think there's going to be... I think Johnny Gargano's going to fight dirty mm-hmm. throughout. Continue so, yeah. to go dark? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's going to be more character development there. So you're picking But I think Black. Alistair Black. Yeah. Um, the... See, th- this is where my... My wrestling... My wrestling brain is conflicted. I've got... Okay. Two scenarios in my head that both make perfect sense. Uh, one is yours, that you mentioned Alistair mm-hmm. Black winning, because it's his first match back after being out for a while. Right. And it's important to continue building that character momentum. But on the other hand, I think I'm going to go with Johnny Gargano winning this match because uh, prior to this moment, Johnny Gargano has been Johnny wrestling superhero good guy. Uh, He's always been the underdog and he's always fought the good fight the right way. And for the most part, always seems to come up short. And Hmm. when he started turning into Tommaso Ciampa, that only made things worse. Uh, When he started trying to be meaner or grittier uh, or, you know, when he, when he started turning dark, uh, it wasn't working out for him either. He would still lose matches. But now that I feel like he's made the full turn, I think now is when he starts winning matches by being the bad guy. And he starts, he starts discovering that not only is he getting more comfortable in the darkness, but it's also paying off for him. He's winning matches all of a sudden now, like big matches. Ah, so he just continues going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. So maybe he beats black, but he does it through nefarious means, which could keep the, uh, could keep the story going with him and Alistair black. Uh, without hurting Aleister Black too much and giving Johnny Gargano's new character some momentum. Uh, okay, so Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane, two out of three falls for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, how do you how do you see this one going? I think it's going to stay with Shayna, mm-hmm. just because she just got it, and also I think because since as we mentioned, um, Jessamine and Marina. Marina, God, I don't know why I can't remember her name, um, are not banned. So they're clearly going to be there. No shark cage. No shark cage. They're going to be front and center. So I think that, I think, I think Shana retains, Mm -hmm. um, but there's interference. Yeah. This is how I feel as well. I think that they're probably going to do a two falls to one scenario. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Kyrie is going to, once again, lose because of uh, Jessamine and Marina's interference. And then Regal's going to look kind of like a dummy for not thinking of this in advance and finding a way to keep them from being at ringside. 
Right, right, uh, obviously. And then at the next takeover, they'll face each other again, and Jessamine and Marina will not be there. Yeah, they'll be, like, uh, locked in a closet, or they'll do it in a cage match, <laughs> yeah. or something along those lines. Something to prevent them. But, that's yeah, that's kind of how I see it playing out there as well. A mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler win. Yes. Uh, I mean, the only way they might not is if they're deciding on moving her up, but I don't see that happening right now either. It's with, and I think it's too soon to move her up. So I think she's going to retain for a while. Mm-hmm. I think she's got to stay down there in NXT with Jessamine and Marina. Cause they're, they've just started. So yeah. uh, th- obviously they think that they're good enough to make TV appearances in, uh, you know, not in singles match roles, but you know, accompanying Shayna or maybe even doing, um, you know, six person tags or something like that, but she should yeah. probably be staying down there with them to help cultivate that group or whatever. The I, th- I agree completely with that. The three horsewomen. Uh, so then we've got, an, at least until we know more, Tommaso Ciampa Velveteen dream for the NXT championship. Assuming that it remains a singles match. Uh, how do you see that playing itself out? <sighs> I don't, this is, I think, one of the, I think this is the hardest one to predict. But I'm going to say, I think it changes hands. I think it's going to go Velveteen Dream. And I think it's because with Johnny Gargano spiraling down, I think Tommaso Ciampa is going to be his, like, guide to the dark side. (laughs) It's going to be his Palpatine? Basically, yeah. (laughs) And so I think you're going to free it up. And then the two of them are going to realize, you know, that they have all this hatred and all this whatever for these, you know, one, like, individual each. And they're going to just, like, pummel people together. If they can find a way to essentially remake episode two and three of Star Wars with Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, I'd be okay with with that with Johnny playing uh, Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what's going to happen here. Candace can be Padme. And look, I'm really convinced that Candace and Johnny could way more convincingly uh, get me to believe that they're in love than Hayden Christensen and uh, uh, Natalie Portman were able to. Look, uh, she had a hard job there. She had a very difficult job. Like, no, I mean, she didn't pull it off, but like nobody, nobody could have. Really. No, nobody could have. No, not even Meryl Streep. No. Uh... <laughs> So, I'm. I think I'm gonna stick with Champa as the champion. Okay. Again, I, I feel hard to predict. It's difficult, yeah, because I'm not sure where they're gonna go. But I, I don't know. I. Um. I mean, I feel like Velveteen Dream's time might be coming to an end as well. He's actually somebody that I could see, kind of flourishing on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Uh. I think he's got just the right amount of things that would um, make him still appealing to fans like me, but also uh, intriguing and appealing to uh, less diehard type folk. That's so, fair. Uh, and he's the kind of character that Vince kind of he's sort Likes. of ena- he's sort of enamored with controversial ish, uh, borderline mm-hmm. controversial ish characters. So. Right. Uh, well, but do, they usually don't. They usually don't move people up really until WrestleMania. 
Sometimes. Yeah, it, they've started doing it at different times now. It's happened around SummerSlam. Okay. I don't recall if anything has happened around Survivor Series last year. It mm-hmm. might. Uh, but it might not. And maybe they do go with, with Velveteen. He wouldn't be a bad choice, but I don't know. I, I was going to say I, they I, still... I, oh, go ahead. I just thought that they might still have something in mind for Ciampa, but I don't really know what that would be. Maybe Alistair Black, but... Mm. Uh, I mean, they have other they have other baby faces, but they're kind of tied up uh, in the in the next match that we're going to talk about. Yes, so. yeah. So, so I'm not really sure. I'm going to tentatively go with Champa. So we're I guess split on that one a bit. Okay. Uh, watch it turns out to be a three way, and Lars Sullivan wins. Oh my god! I would then, stop watching. Then we're both no. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um. Main event is War Games, Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish, versus the War Raiders, Ricochet, and Pete Dunne. Uh, I do believe that there is going to be a match on NXT this week between uh, one member from each team, and mm-hmm. whoever the winner of that singles match is, uh, their team will get the advantage in War right. Games, which... Uh, if you're uh, unfamiliar, those for those unfamiliar with the War Games premise, uh, and they are doing a, what appears to be a more traditional War Games this year. Okay. Uh, last year, the last year when they introduced the concept, they did a kind of a, a non-traditional version. Usually, there are only two teams. Uh, last year, there were three teams of three, and okay. the match started with the captains of each team, and then when a timer ran up. Uh, the other two members of that person's team would run in to help. And then, you know, two more guys, and then the final two guys uh, would come in. And that's when the match officially actually starts. It doesn't start until everybody's in. This year, it seems like they're going to do the more traditional role, which is one guy from each team starts, and then uh, whoever the winner of the singles match is going to be here on NXT next week. Uh that will determine which team gets the first, you know, extra team member to come out and help his, mm. uh, his other team member. So, uh, that will happen until everybody is in the match. And that is technically when the match officially starts because that's when the match can end. It can't end until everybody is in the ring. Okay. So it's going to be crazy. Uh, that they sounds sh- like a lot of rules. They showed, a. I, I think I made it sound more complicated than it is. <laughs> it'll seem it'll seem less complicated as it as it goes. As it unfolds. Yeah. Okay. Ba- basically, basically, two guys start, and and then one from each team gets added at a time. Yeah, it'll be like you know five minutes or something like that, and then another person comes down. Uh, say, undisputed era wins the advantage, so another member of undisputed era comes down, and then it's two on one until the next guy comes out and they'll be from, you know, the, other side. the good guy team. And then they'll go back and forth until all of the members are in the ring. And at that point, that is when the match can end. That's when you can pin somebody or gotcha. get them to submit. Uh, and again, like last year, they did show a video package on NXT this week that sort of highlighted the yep. hecticness. So there's two rings. There's a giant cage that surrounds both rings. And yeah, last year people were being tossed in between rings and thrown from one to the other. 
Uh, this sounds exciting. <laughs> Roderick's, I believe last year Roderick Strong gave Adam Cole a suplex from the top of the cage onto everybody. Wow. Uh, it was it was pretty crazy. Uh, let, uh, for context, I don't know if this will affect your opinion or not. It's affected mine. But for uh, for reference, Undisputed Era did win the match last year. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. So that's why I'm going with Team War Raiders Ricochet and Pete Dunn this year. I think that uh, the the good guys win is my feeling. Yeah, I agree with that, and it's because I think the Undisputed Era have such like misplaced chips on their shoulders. Yes, and uh, I think that the storyline would do better if they kept it there. <laughs> yeah, and they've been given quite a bit lately too. Undisputed they Era has. It seems it seems like they're kind of getting the upper hand a lot. So yeah, yeah, I'd. I'd I think it would be a good idea for the good guys to to win here. To also, win. also, you've got two. Uh, I mean, I guess technically you have two champions on the undisputed era side as well. They've got the tag titles, no, it's but tag team that's different. You've got two singles champions on the good guy team. I feel like they should. That's true. They should maybe have this advantage. But either way, I'm I'm going to try really hard to not overhype myself for this. Mm-hmm. The match last year was pretty good, but okay. it does not have the caliber of talent that this year's match has. There were a lot okay. of good, there were a lot of good guys in the match last year, but almost everybody in this match is really good to great. So yes, I'm expecting something tremendous. I hope I'm not putting too much pressure on these guys. Uh, you just jinxed it. <laughs> I mean, I'm really looking forward this. This should be a, a spectacle, but in all the good ways. Uh, none of the bad ways. This should be a fireworks match, yes. Yeah. Pretty excited no. for it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, I think that's it. We covered all the matches for War Games. Yeah. And now all that's left is the waiting, which I'm told is the hardest part. <laughs> uh, d- listen to too much Tom Petty. Uh, I so, hear that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a busy week next week. I I don't know if I'm going to be able to... I'm going to try to to catch all of NXT UK, but with regular NXT and with War Games happening, I don't know if I'm going to... I mean, I'll probably catch them eventually, but whether or not I'll catch them in enough time to have thoughts, I'm probably going to maybe skip them this week because we are going to be reviewing two full shows. So... Thanks. I'm thinking I'm going to skip out on the NXT UK. I may catch up with them after all of this hullabaloo is over with, but so much wrestling. Yeah. Way too much, way too much wrestling (laughs) and four shows in a week. (laughs) Yeah. Nowhere near enough time. Uh, All right. So that's the show for this week. Then head on over to the website, cinemageekly.com. Check out the archives of the show. And of course you can find us on Apple podcasts, Google play, uh, Stitcher, just search for What Comes NXT and hit subscribe. That way you can hear us come back next week uh, when Jacqueline and I discuss NXT TakeOver War Games. 